0: Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care, support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Welcome, friend, and happy February. At least I don't think we've been together in February. But in any case, I'll just say it again. I don't know if you have been on my Facebook page, not the private group, but just my Facebook page. But I took AI and had it create, I think I just said an image around February with hearts, but not romantic. And it made this beautiful tree, which I will put in the show notes. And then I asked it to write an inspirational saying for me. And so I put that on my Facebook cover photo. So go look at that. I don't know. I just thought it was... Really pretty and and I liked it a lot. So I hope that you had a great January. I hope you're looking forward to a wonderful February. I would like to say that the reason I chose to do this topic was because February is Valentine's Day and it's the month of love and it makes me think of emotions. But that's totally not true. Uh, that's a lie. I decided. So I don't even know I'm bringing it up. But I decided to do this topic on emotions because of something that happened just a few days ago, actually. Um, Forgive me for, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see me sort of looking all over the place. And the reason is normally I have things that I need to read printed out, but I'm out of computer ink. So I'm going to be reading things from my phone, things from my computer screen. Uh, So something happened a few days ago. I want to tell you that story. And it's the reason that I decided To talk about this concept of emotional maturity. And I want to say, I was looking at some of the podcast episodes over the past year, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's been a while since I've even really talked specifically about emotions. So I'm teaching a class on mental health first aid And one of the things that we talk about in mental health first aid is that if you choose to approach someone and talk with them, you know, ask them how they're doing, listen, all those things, one of the things you have to be prepared for is they, first of all, they may not want to talk to you. They may not want to talk to anyone. And they may have a reaction that could be startling, like it could hurt your feelings. It could make you feel like you tried for nothing. They might get angry. They might blow you off. I mean, all kinds of things. And I remembered something that happened five or six years ago. And so I just, I didn't even intend to talk about it with them, but pull this up. Okay. So I didn't intend to talk about it to them. And so I just sort of relayed what I remembered, but I screenshot the conversation. So I'm going to read it to you in a way that you won't have a clue, you know, who this person is, what industry they're in. But they contacted me, I guess it was on Facebook Messenger. So this was in 2018. So like five and a half years ago. And I think my topic for whatever conference, so I had just spoken at this conference, probably talked about communication or emotions or mental well-being. And this person contacted me privately on Facebook Messenger. And they said their boss was filling in for someone else. So let's just call this person Sam. I always use the name Sam. It could be male, it could be female. So Sam is telling me that Sam's boss is filling in for someone else so the two of them are working together. And Sam says they're working, working, working and suddenly the boss slaps them on the back and says, speed it up, you gotta work faster. Okay, now this is a very long message by the way. I'm just I'm just paraphrasing. Okay, and said that they felt treated like three-year-olds all day. The next thing, they said that the boss wouldn't let them take a break, wouldn't let them go get anything to drink. And then Sam goes on to say that they've worked for this business for many years, but they're still part-time. They want to be full-time don't understand why they're not full-time and only making X dollars an hour. And then the boss hired two or three more people recently that just started out and they didn't understand why they got hired full-time and Sam still wasn't full-time. And now Sam is having to, to train and teach some of the new people. And the question is, what can I do? Can you please help me? And so it took me a few days to get back. And so the first thing I said was, you know, sorry, August was a busy month. And I said, we're going to do this step by step. Step one, you have a lot of things here. The first thing I want you to do is list them and number them according to which one is the most important to you. Okay. So we look back, the boss like slapped Sam, saying work faster, that's an issue, treated everyone there like three-year-olds all day, wouldn't let them take a break, wouldn't let them get anything to drink, uh, won't make her full-time, won't increase her pay, forced her to train people that she was upset about anyway because she wanted to have more work. That's a lot Like, how can anybody work through every single one of those things at one time? So I said, you know, I want you to list them and number them. And then I kind of cut it off. But I said something about not doing everything on the list at one time. And so I really, I was willing to work with Sam with just, I would even talk to Sam. I mean, I was, I was ready to help. And the reply I got back was, Okay, not to be rude at the moment because that's not me, but I need real help with my job, not just talking it out. I mean, let's be real here, okay? Please take me seriously. Now, my response was um, because they asked if I knew how to get in touch with anybody in that company, blah, blah. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't. You'll need to seek assistance elsewhere. Sorry, I couldn't help. So that was a long story to get us to the point where I want to explain to you why I want to do this series. When I'm sharing that story yesterday, and I was sharing it as in, sometimes when we offer help, we get a response back that is not what we expected. And in mental health first aid, we have to be okay with that. Like if you, if I were to approach someone and say, are you doing okay? Or I've noticed things don't seem to be well or whatever. And the person says, um, back off, I don't need your help. Then I need to be okay with that. This is something like we train for. And, and as I think about Sam and I go back in my mind and my response was fine, but I remember when it happened. And I remember looking at that and my emotions just like flowing and my face probably turned red and my adrenaline probably flowed. And I don't remember specifics, but I'm sure I took my phone and showed it to my husband and said, can you believe this? I mean, I wouldn't have shown it to anybody else, you know, names to protect the innocent. But I mean, it's my husband. We share things. But, I, but I'm sure that I was like, can you believe this? Like I took all this time to try to help this person and this is what I get. Thinking about that and looking back, this person works in an industry that doesn't always get a lot of respect, not a lot of training in how to manage emotions and conversations. So if that were to happen again now, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to practice since 2018, but since 2018 and 2024, there are a lot of things that that I've done to try to continue to grow. <laughs> So if that happened again now, it's not that we that I wouldn't sort of have an initial sort of a, you know, that didn't feel good to hear that response. But if that same thing happened now, I would like to think that I would be able to take that and realize this person is struggling. There's a lot going on and they have no idea how to proceed. I'm guessing there's never been any real training on any of this. And so that response is completely, I, don't, I won't say expected, but it's a reasonable response from someone who's going through tough times and doesn't know how to manage emotions and language and all those things. My point now is that everything that we do in our lives to grow, taking, I mean, you listening to this podcast, self-awareness, growth, communication tools, everything that we do in our lives contribute to our emotional maturity. Now we haven't really defined it yet. We haven't talked about specifics, but you probably have something in your mind when you think of someone who is emotionally mature. And it probably wasn't that. And even me, you know, we're all on this like spectrum of emotional maturity. It's not something that we that we reach to say, oh, this, you are completely emotionally mature. And I think the reason that's true is in life, we will probably always encounter situations that are new to us where we might fall back. You know, you may have heard me share the story that, you know, my, my growing up years and my mental health issues, and I had such anger. My medical records talked about me throwing things, not in the hospital, but my family saying that I would throw things and have these fits of outrage. And so I had this anger for all this time. And after COVID, we had a few things going on and something happened and I spewed out this long list of just like cuss words and I was angry and I was talking to my son about it and he said, mom, don't beat yourself up. You're going through something now that you've never gone through before. And sometimes you just have to relearn those skills. Yeah, I was like, that's true. And and another thing you may have heard me share is one day I was walking Charlie Anyway, the backstory isn't really important, but when he would pull me or another dog would be coming toward us, I would just freak out and scream and pull. And my daughter was with me one day and she said, mom, you're making it worse. And I said, I know, but I'm not good in a crisis. And right in that moment, I was like, what does that even mean? I'm not good in a crisis. You know, I talked to my podcast a couple of weeks ago about me talking about being clumsy, but never doing anything about it that day with Charlie saying, I'm not good in a crisis. What I'm really saying there is I can't manage my thoughts. I can't manage my emotions. I can't manage my actions. And that's just not true. I mean, I think some people, I'll put a link in here to a long time ago when I did a couple of emotions episodes about basic emotions and complex emotions. So we're all wired in different ways, we all have different levels of brain chemicals that affect our emotions. We've been raised differently. So some people are naturally better in a crisis. They're a calmer. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn those skills. So we are going to do, I'm going to say maybe a four-part series. Don't hold me to that. It just depends on, you know, the feedback I get from you and how much time you want to spend on other things or different things like that. But for today, I want to first take a quiz with you. Here's the disclaimer. This quiz was written in a combination with some articles I read, some AI-generated things, some parts of my research. It is not intended to be part of your mental health therapy. It is not anything that would be a medical diagnosis. It's none of that. It's just something that can help you a little bit with self-awareness. You'll want to go download the quiz. I actually started recording a moment ago, so I hope when I splice this together, it works. Uh, I, I mean, I started reading the quiz. If you don't have it in front of you, I would have to read it slowly, and you would be thinking, could you say that again? So I decided it's really important for you to have the quiz. So pause, go download, take the quiz, and then come back. Welcome back. I am going to now look at the results. Now, everyone should have your results in front of you. And let's go through each each level. And I'm going to tell you mine as well. And I'm going to, when I talk about the score and then the action steps, it's going to relate to what we're going to do over the next few weeks. So if you scored 10 to 20, then you have emerging emotional maturity. Isn't that a great way to think about it? You may struggle to manage and express your emotions healthily in some situations. I'm thinking that Sam might have been in this emerging emotional maturity. I don't know that, but that's what I think. Some of the action steps, and and this is not, if you are at that level, I'm so glad you're here. Focus on developing self-awareness by reflecting on your emotional responses and the triggers behind them. Practice active listening and empathy in your interactions. These are all things we're going to talk about. Self-awareness, your responses, triggers, empathy, all of those things. 21 to 30, you are in developing emotional maturity. So you show signs of maturity, but still have areas to improve, especially when you have challenging situations. So some of the action steps you can take. Work on enhancing your regulation skills for emotions. Techniques like mindfulness, deep breathing, and positive self talk can help you. We'll talk about all those things. And finally, 31 to 40 advanced emotional maturity. You generally handle emotions well and demonstrate a high level of emotional intelligence in various situations. So for you, the action steps continue to nurture your emotional maturity by challenging yourself in new situations, mentoring others, and seeking continuous personal growth. Now, this goes back to what I said before. So if you're at 40 Notice it doesn't say, you're done, welcome, because the description was, you demonstrate a high level of emotional intelligence in various situations, not all situations. My score was a 33. Now, if I scored 21 or 15, you should probably just have turned this off because I wouldn't be in a place to help mentor you, to help you grow. If I was still at the bottom of the level, I'm at 33. And I can tell you right now, when you look at these questions, so there are questions that involve, um, let's look, and I might develop this quiz even further later. Work, friendships, um, household chores, moving or getting a promotion, um, interacting in meetings. Um, friendships with your time, mistakes, family and sensitive issues, um, your own self-worth and failure, and just your relationships in general. And so the ones that I did not score as highly in involved family and making mistakes. You know, the question about, um, let me pull this back up, because I want you to know really where my struggles are. My lowest response was number nine. You fail an important certification exam that you thought you were prepared for. Now, it'd be one thing if it said you failed an exam and you knew you didn't try. Now, I would still probably beat myself up a little bit by saying, how could I not try? But if I thought I was prepared and then there's that word fail. So I absolutely put a B on that one. Feel like a failure and doubt my abilities. That's that was my hardest one. And then I also had a low score on number eight. During a family dinner, a sensitive topic comes up that you have strong opinions about. And I, I did put, I would withdraw from that conversation. Family conflict is a tough one for me. So I want you to know that. you know there, and that's why for that higher level of emotional maturity, it's continue to challenge yourself and grow. And we know, you know when we teach others things, we learn. So now I want to go back and read to you, and these are all one word or two word kinds of things. These are the 10 areas that we are going to look at over the next few weeks. Number one is self-awareness. And I think for all of these, you will have seen something about that on the quiz, being aware of your emotions, thoughts, and behaviors, and understand how they affect you and how they affect other people. Looking at strengths and weaknesses and being able to accept feedback. Feedback is hard for me. Anyone that knows me knows that when somebody says, would you like some feedback? I'm like, well, no, if it's an option, but thank you very much. I mean, I am getting better at it, but it's hard for me. Number two is self-regulation. So first being aware and then being able to regulate. And that is Being able to manage and control your impulses, your emotions, not just jumping at the first thing that comes to mind. So you think before you act. Number three is empathy. Understanding and sharing the feelings of others, being compassionate and sensitive to them without judgment. The mental health first aid, becoming an instructor for that has grown me so much in that area. So I said, everything we do grosses. Number four, responsibility. So we're not blaming others for things that are going on in our lives. It doesn't mean that there aren't reasons that things happening in our lives, but we're not blaming. We're taking responsibility. Number five, adaptability. Being flexible, adapting to change because change is a part of life. That's one I will say, I'll pat myself in the back. I'm good. A lot of times with change. Well, I don't know. I say that I'm good. I'm sure there's some areas where, like COVID, I wasn't really a fan of losing all of my work. Number six, resilience. Now, how is that different from adaptability? Adaptability is just being flexible when things change overall. But resilience is when you bounce back because you've had a setback. You've had a challenge. But you can look at these things as opportunities for growth. Number seven, effective communication huge. It wasn't until like 2007, maybe. You've heard me talk about power phrases. 2007-2008 was one of the first times when I actually took language that I had learned from a book and I used it in a challenging situation. And even though it didn't turn out perfectly, I I was like, wow, I can do this. And I learned a great deal about myself and how having good language can help me being emotionally mature. So that's an important one for you. Number eight, conflict resolution. Seeking solutions, not just um, revenge or winning, that really wanting a solution for everyone involved. Doesn't mean you're a doormat. Number eight, realistic optimism. Optimism, so not toxic positivity, but finding that balance between being realistic and optimistic and number 10 is having healthy relationships you know some 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 of us have relationships in our world that pull on us and pull on us and it's one sided and that i'm not saying break off with those people i mean that's something we'll talk about later but really reaching for those healthy relationships, the ones that are mutually empowering, go a long way to building your emotional maturity. So that's basically our time together for today. Today, we we you heard my stories that, I don't know if they'll help you or not, but you heard my stories of things that have grown me and how I know that I still... I will always be on this path to emotional maturity, but it's one of my, my top goals because in the past I have been so emotionally immature and I don't want that in my life. So we looked at just a a little bit of stories. Think about your stories and what has grown you, where you are, how you've responded to people. Do you have a sense about yourself? And then we took the quiz Which again, disclaimer, was not therapy, not a diagnosis, but just something to help us as a guide. And then we looked at 10 components of emotional maturity. Now, over the next few weeks, we are going to look at those. So next time, we're going to talk about the benefits of being emotionally mature, a little bit more about it. And then we'll probably do maybe three of those steps to becoming more emotionally mature. So thank you again so much for joining. I mean, this is like the third or fourth year of the podcast, and so many of you have been with me for a long time, and and I don't take that lightly. So thank you. Um, I will put in the show notes that my son Jamie and I are continuing the free AI Lunch and Learns, (coughs) so you'll have a chance to register for that. If you joined us before, you do have to re-register because we have started like a regular ongoing one. So you'll register once and that's it. If you aren't part of my private Facebook group, A Place for Women, that's in the show notes. Join that. Or if you're not following me on my public page, Tammy West Seminars, that will be in there too. So that's it. That's all we have for today. Thank you for joining me. And to until we're together next week, consider yourself hugged.